Hello and welcome to yet another World Cup preview here on Celtic Down Under. As this video, we will be looking at Wales. I'm joined as always by Liam. How are you doing, Liam? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, got a got my Finland shirt on today because my Wales top is in the wash. Um, fun fact: apparently, the Finns drink more than any other country in Europe. There's an awful lot of heavy drinking cl countries in Europe for them to have. Uh... To have overtaken, but uh, yeah, but that's that's why we have the expression. Have you finished that yet? Mm, oh dear, <laughs> oh dear. I'm sorry. Listen, the less said, but I, I just for context, everybody, uh, because of the difference between uh, Liam's uh, home and time-wise between Liam's home in Japan and my uh, home in Scotland. He's doing it at the very end of a long work day and I'm doing it at the very start of a, a day to come. So, um, yeah, neither of us are, are in the mood for, for subpar jokes. Let's just crack on, shall we? Sorry! <laughs> <laughs> so, as I said, we are here to look at our Celtic brethren, Wales. Uh, first World Cup appearance since way back in... 1950-something? I can't remember if it was 50 or 58. Um, I believe it says here 58. 58. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, quite an unusual um, occurrence for them, but not totally unexpected given their recent exploits at, at other tournaments. Um, Liam, first of all, before we go into the detail about the, the qualifying campaign and the squad and everything like that, we look back at their exploits at the Euros, um, what what is now six years ago, um, at Euro twenty sixteen. Mm. What what was your feeling about them getting to the semi final and having that magnificent run that they did? Well, the thing is, on one hand, you think, oh god, a wee country like Wales getting all the way at the semis—that's incredible. Mm. But then you look at the players that they had, and it's not actually that big a shock. Um, you know, England were among the tournament favourites that year. And I actually think, man for man, Wales had a better squad. Mm. Um, and, you know, most of the Wales squad were playing at the highest level in England at the time. So it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, that they are they are a, an emerging force in football, I think, in their Wales. Whatever they're doing now, it's, uh, it's working for them because from the early 2010s onwards, they just seem to have gone from strength to strength. Hmm. Well, that was one thing I, I think is an interesting thing that we'll come on to is how, how much we think they can maintain this level, especially with the likes of their, their key man, Gareth Bale, coming to the end of his, his golfing career uh, or, or maybe the start of his golfing career. Who knows? Um, but um, I was just looking at some of the, the results and things like that and the standings, which I'm just going to bring up here. Um, so they actually were in quite a quite a strong group to be honest they they had they had belgium who obviously beat them out um and then they had um czech republic who they finished above in that group so so a reasonably um a reasonably strong group for them to come out of it wasn't as if they kind of got there by default or anything like it no i mean they certainly got there the hard way and they they earned it um because you know that coming out of that group in second place and then getting through the playoffs as well it's um you know it, it's really a it's a superb uh, superb achievement just getting to where they are now 
of course they did make it to some extent at, at the expense of both um, ourselves and and Ukraine. Uh, obviously, Ukraine knocked us out in the the playoff semi-finals. Um, Wales beat Austria, as you can see there in the the opposing fixture, and then Wales going on to 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 pip Ukraine to the post at the the for the final spot. Um, do you think? Of of the teams that were were left to go through that route, were they the strongest of the ones there, or do you think there was a a chance, a much of a muchness chance of Scotland or Ukraine going through? I mean, to be honest, we'll never know what Ukraine could have done if circumstances were different. Um, yeah. I think taking all of the mental and emotional baggage out of the equation, I think Ukraine are the best team of the three, but. Mm-hmm. You know, Wales beat them, and more recently Scotland have beaten them as well. So, I think that you know Ukraine are struggling at the moment because of the you know what's going on in the background. Um, but I think uh, I think Wales approached that playoff with Ukraine thoroughly, professionally, and really, really gave a good account of themselves. Because let's face it, anybody who wasn't Welsh or Russian wanted Ukraine to win that game. So, um, you know, that's the. Uh, you know, it's not. It's never nice being the pantomime villain, but you know, Wales did what they had to do and did it very well. They were very effective in that game. I would like to think there was a few Russians wanted the Ukrainians to win as well, but uh, for obvious reasons, they probably can't be too vocal about that. Um, but uh... Uh, correct correction: not every Russian wanted wanted uh, Ukraine to get beat, but most of the people who wanted Ukraine to get beat. We're probably Russian. Let's, <laughs> let's leave it at that. Let's uh, yeah, let's <laughs> swiftly move on. Uh, neither neither you or I are likely to to find ourselves round a round a table at the UN working out world peace, Liam. I don't think. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably causing the next world war. But um, um, but anyway, um, looking ahead, obviously we've 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 gone through um what is arguably the strongest uh, two teams in the group in in in. England and the US. Um, Wales mm. kick off their campaign against the US. Um, I think based on a lot of research that I've done, the US are going to cause quite a bit of a, a a challenge for anybody who comes up against them at the World Cup, but especially Wales coming up against them first. Are they are they on a hiding to nothing with this group, do you think, or is there a chance for them to, to maybe pick that second spot? I mean, the, the the form guide suggests that it is probably going to come down to a shootout between Wales and the US for that second place. Um, you know, we we haven't covered Iran yet, and we'll see what they what they can contribute. But I think um, that first game is going to set the tone for the rest of the group, because if either Wales or the US win it, they're then going to say, "Well, bring on, bring on England, let's go for it." You know, they're going to fancy it. Whereas if either of them lose it, it's like, oh no, we've got to get a result in our next game now. Um, and a draw doesn't really do either of them, because if by some miracle Iran could nick something off of England, that suddenly puts them into contention. Well, um, we'll, and, they've, we'll, and they've already played the hardest game at that point. So Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll, we'll go on to Iran, obviously, in our coverage of their video, but I, I again... Ignorance uh, goes out the window when you actually start looking at results and things. And Iran could could pose a few problems. They seem to like to score goals, but we will we will get on to them. Looking at Wales's personnel, I mean the obvious 
the obvious trump card for them is Gareth Bale, but he's not the Gareth Bale of Euro 2016 or or, or before. He's he's playing his trade out at LAFC, um, arguably taking one last payday before he uh, drives off into the, the Hollywood sunset. Um, and really, there's very few other high profile players that you could you could nail your colours to the mast and say they'll be able to make a difference for, for, for Wales. Am I being slightly unfair there or do you think that's an accurate statement? I wouldn't say you're being unfair because they definitely don't have there, there, there are no other players in the Welsh team with, if you like, the, the brand recognition of, of, of Bale. But um, what I do think is that they are a team that in 2016 it was basically Gareth Bale was for them what Cristiano Ronaldo was for Portugal, who eventually ended up winning that tournament. Um, but I think, whereas Portugal, I think, have regressed a bit and become perhaps more dependent on Ronaldo, I think in the years since then, Wales have developed more as a team to the point where if Gareth Bale, you know, I hope he doesn't because obviously you want to see the best players at the tournament, but if he picks up some sort of freak injury between now and kickoff, um I don't think Wales would be that upset or that intimidated by losing that one player. Whereas, you know, in 2016, without him, people would expect Wales to get a whooping, you know? Well, talking of another player who um, who might who might have a big impact for Wales and one who I actually heard a Wales a fan being interviewed on TV and said he would be a bigger miss than Bale if he was to miss out is... Um, Kiefer Moore up front, you know, a kind of archetypal target man, a big strong unit of a guy who will provide an outball as well as a target for them to, to swing crosses into, no doubt. Um, how, how much do you know about him? How important do you think he might be to, to Wales going into this tournament? Is he their only opportunity for goals apart from Bale? Well, I'll be honest, I've read a lot more about him than I've actually seen of him on a pitch. But mm -hmm. um, from what I hear, again, from Welsh friends of mine and whatever, what I hear is that, you know, comparisons are made to John Hartson and it's not an exaggeration. So yep. if he's half the kind of, if he's half the striker Hartson was, then, you know, Wales will do all right there, I think. Um, and that's the amazing thing about Wales getting here. You think of some of the incredible players they've had down the years that have never played at a World Cup. Mm -hmm. You know, Giggs and Hartson are probably the two most famous ones, but there's, there's a whole barrelload of them. You know, you, you you would argue you would argue that the that the Wales squad of the the late nineties and early noughties probably had um, more brand recognition across the squad, as you would put it, in terms of you know they had. Giggs, they had Hartson, they had, you know, an an older Mark Hughes, they had Gary Speed. There was a there was an entire roster of players there who were recognisable almost to the point of people thinking thinking they were English before they ev eventually realised they were Welsh. That's not that's not something Scottish people suffer from, I don't think. But there's certainly that certainly does seem to be an ongoing <laughs> issue well, for the English. The interesting thing was, I remember in those days, you know, there was um, all the talk of, uh, you know, was why why are Scotland not qualifying for World Cups? Yet whenever the Olympics came round and the idea of a British team was floated, it was always, okay, 
how many Welsh players are going to get in with England players? <laughs> no yeah. Scotland players were ever questioned of getting into that team. So that tells me that at the time, Wales must have had better players than Scotland did, and clearly they did. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that at that time, though, again, as was the case to some extent in 2016, that it was about the individual brilliance of individual players then. Now, less superstars, but more of a more of a cohesive unit, and I think that is actually more what you need to win or to at least do well at a modern World Cup. And it's it's funny that you say that as well because the the Welsh way of playing, the national team way of playing, seems to be something that's been built up over the last decade or so. It, it's persisted through through Chris Coleman and obviously um Gary Speed before his untimely passing and then and then on to Rob Page now where the the personnel leading the team has changed but the the philosophy there hasn't and um I think that's what stood them in good stead. Do you think they're a good advert for having that consistency of approach at international level that players know when they go to play for Wales what their job is going to be and they can they can kind of rely on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would use the example of Japan as well. Japan have basically played the same style since 1998 and they've qualified for every World Cup since then. Um, you know, they, they, the, the Japanese style is one of like dynamic teamwork, energy, um, basically just chasing every ball. And the Welsh built the Welsh style of play is a bit more methodical, a bit, bit of a slower build up, but there's a definitive, yeah, that's the way Wales play. And when you go and watch Wales now, you know what you're getting and you know what to expect. And I think that is that means that hopefully, you know, whatever Wales do at this tournament, and I think that, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to get out of this group, but definitely not impossible. But whatever they do at this tournament, I hope this is a start, like Japan in 98, where this begins a pattern that Wales become a consistent qualifier. Yeah, I think it would be <clears throat> it would be good for the British game. It would be good for the Welsh game if they if they did become um, persistent qualifiers, especially considering this will likely be the last time that we see Gareth Bale at a major tournament. So mm. um, it will be interesting to see how the Welsh national team cope uh, beyond uh, his his retirement, because so many people say that no matter how, what the ups and downs were at Real Madrid, often not of Gareth Bale's own making, right enough. Um, his his standard of performance and his standard of play for Wales never dropped throughout that time. He was, he was really a a talismanic figure for them in that sense. Um, looking at the at the group um, and drawing things to a close on Wales before we go and talk about Iran in the next show, uh, we like to end the show by talking about the chances of 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 the team getting out of the group and then beyond that, any chance they've got of of progressing in the knockouts. I think it's pretty clear from what we've both said what we think our opinions are on Wales getting out of the out of the group. Um, is there any hope for them whatsoever? Do you think it's all going to come down to that first game? Yeah. If they if they beat the US or even get a draw with them, I think they've got a chance. Um, but it's all going to be on that first game for for the for Wales and for the US. If either of them loses that game, I don't see them making it out of the group. The US are in a funny position with that one, I think, because they, 
it's a massive knock to their confidence and to their chances of qualifying if they lose. But mm. if they win, they probably think, well, we should have won anyway. So it's a strange sort of double standard or catch-22, whatever you want to call it, where they're, they're kind of expecting to win, but at the same time will we'll be desperate to do so because it will be so vital considering you know, England's one of their other opponents, but we we, we, we shall see. The, the um, though, that I think with the, with the US, they're not going to have the same media pressure that Wales are. That That's the difference, is that the Welsh media are nowhere near as expectant or as arrogant as English media, but they do have that hope and expectation. You know, that there'll be Welsh people right now punching their screens with us, suggesting that America should be favourites to beat them because they would probably have a lot to say about that, you know, and good on them. But, I think, um, but honestly, I think if you'd asked me before we started looking into these teams and things, I would have been on the side of, of Welsh people saying, oh, you know, you've got USA and Iran. You can get results off them and, and get if anything off of England as a bonus. But I do think that US tie is going to be a tricky one for them. And like you say, it could make or break their, their World Cup in that first game, which would be a shame if it, if it did break it because... Very often with some of these teams, if they play a game that they feel like they have to win the first one and then they lose it and they know that one of their other two games is against one of the best teams in the tournament, potentially, mm. um, their World Cup's almost over before it's began. Yeah, I think when you when you go into a World Cup, especially if you're a relatively unfancied team like Wales, your first game, you want either the big team of the group or the quote-unquote diddy team of the group. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the form guide suggests England are the big team in this group and Iran are the Diddy team. No disrespect to them, but that is just going on the, the odds that the bookies are putting out there. And, you know, results back that up over the years. But instead, they're playing against the team that they're probably going to look, look as if like that's the one we need to finish above in order to, to get out the group. And that can be a very, a very tricky situation. What I would say is in their favour, though, is I don't think the Iranians are going to be quite as fired up when they play Wales as they are when they play the US. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, that's us uh, treading into murky waters again. So I think we'll we'll leave that to the people who supposedly know what they're doing and uh, to, to resolve. But we uh, can talk about that another time. There's one thing for certain. No matter what happens with Wales, we're going to get to hear that fantastic national anthem three times. One of my favourites, honestly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's probably in my top five as well. Um, yeah, nothing beats nothing beats a full stadium of, of of Welsh folk singing their anthem. It's uh, it's absolutely beautiful. And by the way, if you're wanting to get really into the Welsh spirit before the World Cup, I highly recommend watching the uh, the program about Rob Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds taking over at Wrexham Football Club. It's a really fantastic uh, documentary and. Uh, I'm a lot less cynical about the whole endeavour than I was before I started watching it, that's for sure. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds particularly comes out of that very well. He, he doesn't seem like a Hollywood guy at all. He seems like a very a very grounded individual for somebody so wealthy. Well, as we both know, Liam, you can do wonders with editing, but we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> <I> will. <laughs> we'll say no more. Um, thank you for joining me for this one Liam and we will see you all in the next one for our review of Iran Uh, as you know we're doing videos to catch up with all of these teams before the World Cup starts and slightly into the World Cup um, just before every team plays their first game 
catch up with the ones before and the ones after, binge them and make, impress your friends at the pub with your wide-ranging knowledge uh, that we have so expertly uh, doled out to you. Thank you, Liam, and we'll see you for the next one. See you then.